Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Work Fun podcast with Maria and Natasha, two working professionals turned life coaches. I'm Maria, and I have worked in economic consulting for more than 14 years. And I'm Natasha. I have over a decade of work experience in human resources. Through our 25 plus years of combined corporate experience, we have learned a lot about work. And through our work as life coaches, we've learned how to make work fun. Whether you work for someone else, run your own business, or do anything else that you call your work, this podcast will teach you how to make your work fun too. Without giving in to the productivity hustle. So let's dive right in. Hey friends, welcome back to this week's episode. So this is a really exciting episode for Maria and I because we are officially celebrating 52 weeks of doing the podcast. (laughs) This is amazing. And you know what? When we set out to do this podcast, what we had like talked about, or I think it was like what I was like, attention that came from me was just that I wanted to just do it for, you know, a full year. I was like, I don't want to drop off. I don't want to like, you know, do this for a little bit and not keep it up. I just want to keep it going for a year. And I'm really proud of us for being able to do it. And I'm really proud of you, Maria, for like stepping up when I needed to like step away from maternity leave and take care of myself and my baby and just kind of running the show behind the scenes. <laughs> so it's been it's been amazing doing this with you. And I'm, I can't believe we're at 52 episodes. This is crazy. I know. I'm so excited. I like realized that the other day I got an email for, from our the platform where we post the podcast on congratulations on 50 episodes. That was obviously two weeks ago. I was like, oh my gosh, like we've done actually 54 episodes. That's just incredible to me. I yeah. I'm so, so proud of us. Like I did like, last year when we were starting, I mean, I obviously didn't start it with the intention of like quitting in a few weeks, but also just thinking of doing 54 episodes and having something to say, <laughs> 52 <laughs> episodes, this is mind-blowing to me. <laughs> like, how did we manage to do this? It's amazing. It's been so cool. And also, thank you so much to the listeners, because you know what? We always check the stats of listeners and, like, the locations, and we totally have some, like, recurring listeners every single week who tune in from certain locations, and it's just, we're so happy to have you. We're so grateful that you listen to our podcast and that you find value in what we have to say. Um, And if you have any other ideas for future topics, definitely hit Marie and I up on Instagram. We are so happy to listen to your feedback and to your ideas for content. So even if you just want to reach out and say hi, we're very friendly people, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Please reach out. All of our contact information is in the show notes. So definitely reach out um, and let us know. Yeah, as Natasha said. And so with that. Episodes, yeah, anything. really excited. We're both excited here. We have a lot to say. Um, so with that being said, we also wanted to make an announcement that we've kind of chatted a little bit about it behind the scenes, and we've decided that we're going to move and transition to bi-weekly episodes. So starting from here forward, we're just going to post episodes every two weeks on Mondays rather than every week. And The reason for that is because we also want to focus on creating other content in other ways. So we want to focus on maybe doing more reels or TikToks or YouTube videos. And I think that um, because this podcast is really a labor of love for both Maria and I, and, you know, it takes a lot of our time and energy and we, we enjoy doing it. It's really fun. We just have limited time and energy to commit to these types of projects. We want to make sure that we're able to, um, 
to fulfill the podcast requirements and just, or I guess our own requirements for the podcast and do what we set out to do, which is continue to provide you guys with good, like helpful, entertaining content. Um, But we think that on a biweekly basis is probably going to be better and more manageable for us to make sure that we're still producing high quality content and getting to try out other forms of engaging with y'all. Yeah, exactly. So we're very excited about this switch because as everything Natasha just said, I'm not going to repeat all of that. But yeah, exactly. Like we want to have more bandwidth for other stuff and at the same time keep doing this because I I really love this podcast. It's so fun chatting with you and (laughs) talking about things. So I don't want to obviously give it up, but I think every two weeks is going to be way more manageable for both of us than every week. Totally. And we will keep you posted on what we end up doing in terms of creating additional content, whether it's like a YouTube video and YouTube channels or TikToks and things like that. And we'll include that information here on the podcast so that you can come check it out there. Yep, exactly. All right. So with that in mind, do you want to introduce uh, this week's topic? Yes. So this week on the podcast, we want to talk about the idea of claiming your own authority in your work. And so what we mean by that is that you have authority in how you show up at work, what you end up doing in your employment relationships, in your client relationships, in the contracting relationships, whatever the relationship you have in the context of your work, you do have authority in those spaces. You are allowed to um, decide and determine how you want to show up, own your work, and figure out what it can look like for you. Um, And I think sometimes people um, socialized as women and also who hold various other marginalized identities are often or have been taught that maybe they don't have the authority that they think they, you know, the, 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 maybe they don't have authority over their work, or maybe they don't necessarily aren't truly allowed to step into that, that power and their own power. And oftentimes we allow, especially in, in work relationships, we allow other people to kind of tell us what to do, or we assume that they know better than us, or their ideas are more valuable or valid or whatever the case may be. And we tend to discount ourselves and our own contributions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just think about how much authority exactly you're giving yourself and we're I'm going to try to focus this week on work (laughs) and suppose I can, I can expand this obviously to many other areas, but especially at work, like when you are uncertain about something, but you have sort of a strong, a strong hunch about what the right thing to do is. It's there's it's, there's nothing wrong, obviously, with seeking someone else's opinion. But pay attention in your brain whether you're giving that person's opinion way more weight than your own, because like that's the thing I think that's very insidious about socialization and all the things you mentioned. Is it again? We're not like implying that you should stop ever <laughs> asking other people for feedback or for opinion. What we're talking about is this sort of socialization around like other people's opinion matters a lot more um, than our own. And someone I, I read a really funny or I saw a really funny meme the other day that I think captures a lot of this is like there's nothing or there's no one in a room who understands something more completely than the woman in the conference room who starts a sentence with just to make sure I understand. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that meme. <laughs> oh my god it's so literally exactly. that woman guaranteed understands everything a hundred percent 
And she's probably the most like qualified <laughs> expert in the room. Exactly. With I don't know if that made sense. Does that make sense? Like, right? Exactly. Like you end sentences with "Does that make sense?" or you start sentences with "You know, just to make sure." Because we've been like that's how we've been socialized. I've done that a lot in my career because you don't want to like seem quote unquote too arrogant or too threatening or anything or just like make others feel undervalued if for some reason like I don't know we've been taught that expressing our opinion or being confident about like that something is going to make others feel undervalued which why (laughs) like why would that be the case (laughs) (laughs) why (laughs) other words needed but it's so true right and one of the things that I think is kind of so important to call out here is when we assume that other people are more familiar with a topic or they have more expertise in an area, we are essentially silencing ourselves. We mm-hmm. don't give ourselves the power and to talk about what it is that we want to talk about. We don't like fall into our own voice. We don't speak up and we shut ourselves down and silence ourselves. And And I just think that's an important thing to acknowledge because like sometimes we silence ourselves because we're worried about like being dumb or saying the wrong thing or looking stupid or, you know, being canceled or like people making fun of us. And I just want to offer like nobody can freaking cancel you. Like it doesn't even matter if you say the wrong thing. It doesn't even matter if you do slip up. Like we act as if that is the be all end all. And there's like no recovery or no, um, no moving up from making a mistake, but that's not even freaking true because how many times do we see like straight white men who like done the most ludicrous things in the world, just come back up and like start a company or like run for office or just like not give it an F about what anyone's thinking about them and just show up and take up space. Right. And we're like too scared to take up space and like claim our own authority. Cause we're just so paranoid and preoccupied about what other people will think. And that it might like impact our future abilities or we like, we give so much control about ourselves to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> like we're just taught uh, by we, I mean, I'm talking about women. <laughs> we're just taught that, um others like we're taught to to second guess ourselves so much and whereas men from an early age are taught especially white men are taught to like your opinion has a lot of weight and so they have this like natural confidence they're like okay I'm just gonna blurt out whatever comes to mind and it's probably going to be a value that <laughs> it's going to be a value. And this is how we also get into situations where literally like men explain things to you that are like, you're absolutely the expert on. <laughs> like, No, but let me tell you. And I also like see, and I've experienced that myself. I see women, even when they're the absolute experts in something still second guess themselves when like a dude comes and tries to explain it to you. You're like, wait, but should I you know? Because Again, from an early age, like with all the all the voices we've heard, especially in particular industries like finance and money and all that, have been male voices or most of them. And so it's conditioned our brains to think of like when a man comes to explain this to you, he must know something that you don't. Yes, totally. And not even just um, different industries like finance, money, different type of like 
areas in government, I would also offer that in the media that we consume, like on TV shows, on movies. I was actually thinking about this when I was watching the season finale, or sorry, series finale of Ted Lasso. And don't worry, it's not any spoilers. But I, I haven't was, seen it yet. So yeah, no spoilers. I no spoilers. I, what I was just thinking about was I'm like, I'm like this whole series, and I love Ted Lasso, it's a great show, but is based on a white man being the authority in the coach. And it's based on a male soccer football club, right? Like, it's like, yeah, sure. They do have women in the the show. And yes, of course, there's like Rebecca who owns the club and she's like this amazing female and I love her. She's awesome. But like, why isn't it about uh, a woman's soccer team? Like, it's just like, there were so many different things that I just like think about sometimes that I never had thought about in the past, I guess. And I kind of just like accepted that a lack of diversity was just the norm in, in our everyday lives. But once you start to question these ideas and question and look at and explore and get curious about how we've been socialized, it's like, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee all of the like stereotypical behaviors that just show up in our TV shows and our media. Yeah, I just I mean, oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I thought, I thought you were done. Um, yeah, like speaking of media, um, and something I heard recently on the podcast, which is so true. And I mean, I've I've noticed it for myself, but I never like put it in such a condensed way. Basically, any movie made prior to 1990, the women there were just sort of like little props like or or obstacles for like the main characters or objects the and they're trying to do important things and the women are like little obstacles who are like annoying in the background or, just... or sexualized characters there's some sort of object, exactly some sort of object that was either for the the main character's like desire or for his like you said an obstacle for him getting what he wants exactly and I obviously we grew up watching that and never questioned it and of course that like informs your view of the world like you're you start seeing yourself as such you're like okay obviously the men are doing the important stuff and let me see how I shouldn't be in the way like that's something I fit in as like a side character you're not the side character of your own life of your own work and of your own like space right so Mm -hmm. I jumped to say that but I just like I wanted to jump in on that. <laughs> and, yeah, and another thing, I mean, I, 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 once you start me talking about TV, people know I can't stop. <laughs> another thing from TV recently that I thought was absolutely brilliant, and like, it just reminds me a lot of, you know, a lot of the men that I knew growing up, was from this season of Succession, as people know, it's like the last season, it was, uh, this is not a spoiler, but um, one quote that someone said during the show about, you know, one of the main characters is like, he could never fit a whole woman in his mind. And I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. Like what I took that to mean and what I think was meant is literally like men of that generation don't see women as full humans. They see Mm -hmm. them as these props, as these like obstacles, as these objects, but like a, a person with interests, with knowledge, with authority, like, no, forget about it, right? So that was really brilliant. And I've been thinking about that for a bit now. I love that because that also cascades down because if men are the authority and that's how they view women and that's how they write about women, that's how they talk to women, that, that is how women internalize their own like perspective or interpretation of themselves. And that's why when we talk about things like how you show up at work, you show up 
with less confidence. You show up second guessing yourself. You show up assuming that other people know more than you and that they're actually the authority and you're not. Mm-hmm. And you show up, with, I guess I would say like almost fearful. I think there's like a layer of fear, fear of being judged, fear of being wrong, called stupid, fear of saying the wrong thing, being canceled, whatever. Like, it's like you've given your power over to whoever is the other party in your work relationship. So whether it's a client of yours, whether it's an employer, whether it's a manager, whatever the context of it is, it's like they have that power. And then you just almost like submit to it and allow them to be the one who decides instead of owning your work and taking up the space that is yours and speaking up and just allowing yourself to really step into that authority and decide for yourself what, how you want to show up and what you want to do and what like resonates for you. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, we talk about, we just talked about representation in media, but even more importantly for the workplace is representation in the workplace. So as we know, like a lot of workplaces, they are relatively diverse at the junior levels. And then the more senior you get, the fewer and fewer people of color and people of all sorts of marginalized identities you see until you get to the top and it's a bunch of white dudes and maybe a couple of white women. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. Um you might have one person of color just to or one person of color just yeah a woman or a person of color not not both though usually. exactly and so of course like when you're in those environments it's very difficult and i i know from experience it's like you go into conference rooms and you're the only person of x identity it's very difficult to be confident to just fit in with the banter to like feel confident expressing an opinion so all of these things are, of course, external structural issues, and we're not in any way saying that's not the case. And if only you, you know, believe hard enough, you can like, <laughs> ignore all these things. Not nobody is saying that, and you shouldn't be ignoring any of those things. Obviously, like that's why we're talking about this. What we're saying is all of these structures of oppression and all of these like external factors also affect how we think about ourselves. And that's the part that you have authority over and that you can work on with the help of, you know, a therapist or a coach or a community or any other support system is that part like you've internalized all of these external systems of oppression and then you apply them to yourself without even realizing it. Like you talk to you talk down to yourself, you'd second that guess yourself because of all of these external factors. But that's the part that you have power over healing and working on. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you don't get to control what other people think or say or do, but you don't have to internalize that and hold yourself back and keep yourself small because of it. Like you have a right to own your work and to find your own voice and speak up in a way that you want to speak up. It doesn't mean that you have to always be like shouting from the top of the roof or being the loudest person in the room or being the most aggressive or assertive. Like that's not what we're suggesting at all. What we're suggesting is that you are allowed to take up the space that you want to take up in a way that you want to show up like that. It's it's really about you getting to decide what that looks like. And that might be sometimes deciding that you don't want to speak up in a space. Mm. It doesn't feel safe for you. It doesn't feel comfortable for you. It's not a place that's worth your time and energy. You don't want to carry that load or that burden. And that's totally okay too. That's nothing wrong with that. That's not a place to judge yourself, but 
again, claim that authority and make that decision. Don't let that decision fall on other people. They're the ones deciding that you don't get to take up space. It's you deciding that you don't want to take up that space in, in that moment. And notice how those are two very different things. Like maybe the result is the same where you're not speaking up, but the intention behind them are very different. And the energy that fuels that action is completely different. Mm, I'm really glad you said that because that's something I've thought of, I've struggled a lot with in my life. And I know others have too. And we've had discussions about this is you sort of, when you get to that place of seeing how messed up all those external structures are, you can fall into the trap of thinking that it's all up to me to always be the spokesperson, always be the someone who like says something, even if it's extremely uncomfortable. And really that's not your job and that's not your burden. Of course, if you're in a situation and you feel okay mentally in that moment and emotionally, and you feel like you have the capacity to say something, absolutely go for it. But also don't beat yourself up if you're not in that space. Very often it isn't safe. It is actually, you know, going to be threatening and dangerous um, in different ways. And so it's not up to you to always be speaking up and always be teaching others and always be correcting others. Just leave space for that nuance and don't, don't beat yourself up if you're, if you're not there right the second. And knowing that like not being there and choosing not to be there, that is a version of claiming your own authority. Like there are instances, like you said, Maria, there are instances where there will be like disrespectful comments made or something like that. And there are times where I will choose not to speak up because it does not feel safe for me. It does not feel okay. And I do not feel in that moment that I can carry that burden. And it's not, it's not, it's my decision to make and I'm choosing to not do that. And that's coming from a very clean place where it's me caring for myself and taking care of my nervous system and my emotions and showing up for myself from a place of love, because it is not your job to constantly educate other people, to shape, to shift other people's opinions, to shift their perspectives. That's, that's not on you. And you don't have to carry that burden, that workload. But there are also times when I am around disrespectful, discriminatory comments or whatever, when I do choose to speak up. And in those instances, I know that it is very safe for me to do so. In those instances, I feel as though I'm comfortable doing so. I don't feel as though there's going to be, um, I, I, I feel almost like supported in, in my nervous system and I, I have the energy to do that. And so it's just recognizing that both of those things yeah, can can be different versions of stepping into your voice and stepping into your power and stepping into your authority. It's not one is better than the other. Yeah, there's no like formula that applies to every single situation. You get to decide, and that's literally what we're talking about here is you get to decide that's your authority. Um, yeah, so to me, I mean, to just, I guess, recap um, on my end, what I what I mean when I talk about, you know, claiming your um, authority is exactly figuring out how you talk to yourself and how you think about yourself in different situations and figuring out if if any of those ways in which you think about yourself or talk to yourself are don't feel good and don't feel right to you. Just examining it and being curious, like, where did this come from? Where did I learn it? Because 
most often you've learned it from all of these other messed up external circumstances that we mentioned earlier. So just getting curious where it's coming from, who it's benefiting, you know, why were you taught to think about yourself as not the authority about as like someone who needs to ask permission and opinions constantly, et cetera, like who benefits usually the patriarchy and other systems of oppression, right? Um, And then deciding where you want to do some work. I mean, none of us would ever like be finished with this work. There's always more work to be done, but deciding where you want to start changing some of those thought patterns about yourself and then looking for the support you need um, in doing so. I love that. I think that's a really good kind of like cohesive way of framing what we talked about on this podcast. The one other thing that I would offer um, for me that I also think about is like recognizing that you are the one who's in control of you in your work relationships. And so you are allowed to, um, to decide for yourself in in work relationships or in the work that you're doing, how you like, you don't have to be timid. You don't have to fall um, victim to what other people are telling you to do, or you don't have to just like, I don't know, just listen to them without giving any feedback or criticism. Like you can find your voice and you can decide for yourself and you can control that for you. Like sometimes we, we limit ourselves stepping into what it is that we actually want to do with work because we're so worried about what other people will think, or we're so worried about the negative repercussions. But I just want to offer that like you're in charge of you and there's like no negative repercussion that you can't bounce back from, right? Because it's like how you treat yourself and how you talk to yourself and the love and compassion that you show for yourself will help you, you know, get through any type of difficult time or whatever, anything negative that does come up. And so if you build that like loving, trusting, compassionate relationship with yourself, even if things don't go as planned and you've like spoken up or you, I don't know, like tried to do something new and it didn't work out, you can bounce back from it. That That is also claiming your authority, recognizing the, the future power that you have, the version of you in the future who is still strong and capable and resilient and resourceful and all those things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love that so much. Yeah, exactly. When you build those neural pathways in your brain that start offering you loving and supportive thoughts about yourself, as opposed to probably your current neural pathways, which are like the default is yell at yourself for everything (laughs) and think you're falling short. Everything you've ever done right or wrong. (laughs) Like when you build those, those come in handy, even when someone disagrees with you or someone yells at you or something wrong goes, like something goes wrong. This wasn't the sentence. (laughs) Exactly, right? It's like that's what that shows up. And that is another version of claiming your authority and creating a soft landing place when things don't go your way. Mm-hmm, exactly. Oh, I love that. Um, I yeah. I don't have much else to add to this. Oh, this was super fun. This was a really good topic. I'm glad we chatted about it. And um, thanks for listening, everyone. And we will see you all again in two weeks. Yes. Bye. Yeah, bye. Hey, everyone. It's Maria. I am a burnout coach for professional women, and I work with high achieving perfectionists who want to heal burnout so that they can take a step back and enjoy their lives without sacrificing their success. To work with me one-on-one, you can go to my website, which is restovergrind.com and book a free consult call. You can also follow me on Instagram at rest underscore over underscore grind or on LinkedIn under restovergrind LLC.
Hey everyone, Natasha here. I'm a money mindset coach. I work with women who wanna shift their beliefs around money and wealth so they can finally leave the drama behind and focus on actually doing the work they love to do. I work with two different types of clients, employees who wanna make more money at work or entrepreneurs who wanna earn more in their business. And I teach people how to love the process of earning and creating more because it really is possible for money to be easy and fun. So let me show you how. You can find me on my website at natashatakesti.com or on Instagram at natashatakesti. We'll see you there.